This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, a poetic end of 2023, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. Chris, do you like Pop-Tarts? Now, I know why you asked that, because... (laughs) It's, um, I haven't eaten a Pop-Tart in more than a decade, but I'm tempted to go to the store and get some now. I guess I'm impressionable. That's what it is. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead and tell me why you asked that. Well, uh, some interesting, uh, pop culture, uh, moments just happened. A singular moment that will forever be ingrained in our brain, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And I love these bowl games. You know, there's the guaranteed rate bowl. Um, there's the Chick-fil-A bowl. Anyone that wants their brand on a bowl gets one. And for the K-State OU game at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida, we had the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, unfortunately, the Pop-Tarts mascot who (laughs) toasted himself on air uh, came out to be a strawberry Pop-Tart. So that's unfortunate. Um, I would have gone for a wild berry Pop-Tart as those are the superior, is the superior flavor of Pop-Tarts. Don't even at me if you think it's s'mores. Um, because that's just false. Yeah, I can't even remember the last time I had a Pop-Tart, but now I'm tempted. I mean, seeing that piping hot strawberry Pop-Tart come out of the oven like that, the toaster oven, it looked good. And they leaned into the exact amount of kitsch that they needed to accomplish a Pop-Tart bowl. I mean, I had attended the Duke's Mayo Bowl last year where there were people on the Jumbotron <laughs> drinking tubs of mayonnaise. And the coach got a, a mayonnaise bath at the end, and it was horrific and it. wonderful. In fact, there's an episode about a year ago of me talking about it with a good friend, Max, where we were just talking about the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And it was something else. So Pop-Tarts is definitely leaning into that uh, same direction there of absurdity and memification <laughs> I've already seen the beefs, they're good, uh, but it works. So it's it's fun to see a brand play around like that uh, and get a little bit of new life there. And of course, uh, it's just all over X, it's all over Instagram, it's, it's all over social media, just uh, TikTok as well. People are already having fun with it. It's just one of those things that you know. It, it, it kind of brings me back to the same point in time when we had the shark at the Super Bowl with Katy Perry, the cartoon shark. Uh, I feel like we're in the same type of moment here. Now, I got to confess to you, I never really got on board that left shark thing because that particular Super Bowl, I was on a flight that I could not miss. I could not move it. I was on a flight during that Super Bowl, so I never got to see it. And it just happened. And the train passed me by. I never got on the left shark train. Yeah. And that's kind of after um, or before uh, planes had the ability to do live TV, I'm assuming, too. That yeah, but the, the captain was sure to uh, tell us a score when we touched down, so there was oh, no use in perfect. trying to <laughs> watch a recording. That would make version some people mad. That could make well, people upset. It is what it is, and it was <laughs> what it was. At least it wasn't the Eagles Super Bowl. I mean, I was locked in, ready to go for the Eagles Super Bowl. Uh, but that was, uh, and I know with your Chiefs Super Bowls, you can't even count yeah. how many there have been. So I, I, it must be nice. Did you take a look at the uh, Zoom chat? There's a particular product I want you to see. I know you said you haven't had a Pop-Tart in over a decade, and so I want to make sure that you know that these little babies exist. Uh, oh. This is probably one of the best inventions in human history. These are Pop-Tarts Bites. 
So a pouch of tiny mini Pop-Tarts. So is this like a, a better ratio of frosting to pastry to filling? Yes. Yeah, I okay. think they get the ratio just right. Uh, for me, uh, the traditional Pop-Tart, too much icing, personally. And that's why I really enjoy Wild Berry. I think they hit it right on the head um, perfectly. But like s'mores, it's just it's just too much. Okay. Yeah, I remember I would always get those when I would run off to school and I'd get a Pop-Tart. We never warm it or anything like that, so maybe that no. make no, it different. No, no. But you don't yeah, it was always uh, the brown sugar cinnamon for me. And maybe strawberry if I wanted to be fancy, but it was really <sighs> only that. Or maybe s'mores occasionally. I didn't really like s'mores. It just tasted artificial. But the brown sugar cinnamon, that would get the job done for me. Maybe I, I had to get Pop-Tart, so it works on me. The Pop-Tart well, bowl worked on me. And you're joining the cause at the right time. There's three new flavors. There's a cinnamon apple jacks, so that's a collab there. A banana bread, frosted banana bread, and frosted chocolatey chip pancake. Now with that banana bread one, I wonder if it's going to be any semblance of real banana flavor, or is it going to be Laffy Taffy <laughs> banana? That is just its own thing. And not bad, uh, but its own thing. It has in here, in an ingredient, it's what's called contains 2% of banana powder that's bananas citric acid and ascorbic acid which is to maintain color okay i'm intrigued i'm gonna have to look at these huh i think with pop tarts it's not gonna be your laffy taffy style of flavor i i think pop tarts gosh i love them so much i think they just they're just such a perfect little snack but Anyways, here's where we're at. We're at the point in um, our lives where we see a giant brand activation, this big Pop-Tart that cooks itself uh, in a giant toaster in front of us. And this is normalcy. We accept this. We're fine with this. In, in fact, we, we push it a little bit more. We encourage it. It's something we that's do. beautiful, and I think that's incredible. But People have given it names, all sorts of stuff. Speaking of breakfast, DJ, I do have something else I wanted to share with you and the dear listener. I, if I'm not eating a Pop-Tart for breakfast, I'm going to be eating something else, which is, I guess, relatively new to me. I didn't know that I was missing out on it, but then I had it and I was like, wow, that's incredible. In fact, today I even had it myself and this is eggs cooked in a different way than scrambled. In all my years of life, I had only ever consumed an egg in a scrambled form or a hard-boiled form, and that was it. And I, I knew that there were other ways to cook them because I'd see like the, the egg toy that was just like the white and the yolk, the yellow yolk in the middle, and that'd be like the toy. And so, okay, like that's a toy egg. Sunny, sunny side up, over easy. Sunny side up, fried eggs. There's... It's a whole world of possibility with eggs. And my sister actually cooked some for me. When we saw her over the holidays, I said, uh, oh, I'll take an egg. And she said, how do you want it? And I said, <laughs> well, I always say scrambled because that's what I always get. But what other right. options are there? And I got to give her a shout out. She did a great job. She cooked me uh, an egg over easy. I think that's how the kids call it these days. Yes. Where you just sort of crack it and you put it in the, the pan and... It crisps up, the yolk yep. is runny, and you can maybe have it with some toast, which I did that first time, and it opened my mind to the possibilities. It was incredible. And the ridges of the whites are nice nice and, and crunchy, almost. Yes. Caramelized, oh, yes. in a way. Yeah. I have since cooked eggs two or three times this week. I'm like, wow, where have these been all my life? They're 
Oh, it's incredible. Hey, you DJ. know what a, a Royale is, right? Hamburger? Cheeseburger? Yeah, a Royale with cheese, according yeah. to uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And when you put the over-easy egg on top of the burger uh, and you bite into it, that's when the yolk just kind of explodes and goes all over the burger. That's what makes it so good. I'm going to need to attempt that because <laughs> I... I, if I'm not eating a Pop-Tart, I'm going to be eating an egg. I mean, I had five <laughs> eggs this morning like Gaston. I was, I was having so many eggs. And it's convenient because I have that maiden pan that's like the nonstick surface, but it's better somehow, all these fancy ways. But it's uh, it was incredible. I mean, I just literally cracked the eggs into the pan. They cooked. I test the edges a little bit. I, I did want to experiment a little bit, so I tried to get closer to over medium or even fried. And I flipped it. Uh, I lost a couple of the yolks. They uh, okay. imploded. Uh, so I just, I cooked it as best I could. It was a little messy, but I'm learning. This is going to be yeah. a process for me to learn about how eggs are best prepared. But I'm thrilled to be on this journey, DJ. It's incredible. I'm going to send you a video after this. I believe it's from Delish. It's 109 ways to cook an egg or something like that. And there's just so many different ways to cook an egg. But for my breakfast journey... Um, I've been doing a little uh, fun here the, fa the past few days. I take a Thomas English muffin, a uh, couple eggs, scramble them, or not scramble them, actually. I do them over hard, so it kind of gets like a small patty. It's got the crust and all that going on. Uh, some uncured bacon, uncured. I don't buy cured bacon anymore. And I put that into basically an egg McMuffin, put a little Colby Jack cheese on there, and at the very end, once it's in the whole pan, I put the lid over it, steams the cheese, and melts it. Got myself a breakfast sandwich. Wow. That sounds incredible. You could do this in one pan. Um, if you were smart, which I'm not, you would do the bacon in the pan, take the bacon out, leave the grease in there, cook the eggs in the bacon uh, grease, uh, pull the eggs out, then toast your buns with some, uh, or not your buns, your uh, English muffin with some butter, same pan, put it all back in the same pan assembled, put the lid on, steam it up, there you go. Now my mind is... Is it's spinning a little bit with the possibilities because now I'm thinking about how can I incorporate eggs into meals themselves where yes. maybe they're supplementing something else. I Fried crack rice. an egg and oh wow, I, I'm gonna have to think. Grace. I'm not gonna sleep tonight. It's good thing I don't have <laughs> eggs in the house because if I did, I would be experimenting all night long. Uh, huevos rancheros, very good. Yeah, I'm going to have to look at what all these are because I have no competency about how to cook eggs these different ways. <laughs> little do I know. Little do the... is basically you take a, uh, a uh, over easy egg, you put it in like a tortilla. Um, you might put some beans with it, pico de gallo, salsa, cheese, and you get yourself a morning breakfast. Wow. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to learn more about eggs. This is an egg podcast now. <laughs> this is corkscrew. Wait, how do we? We're gonna We're sponsored by Big Egg. <laughs> Eggland's best. The best way to start your morning is with egg, something like that. But dear listener, yeah, it's a fun thing to, that I've learned recently, and I'm glad that I'm ending 2023 with this new experience and this new path to new experiences, which is the journey of eggs. So that's really fun, <laughs> and maybe I'll keep you updated, dear listener. Maybe this is a journey that I take privately. Who knows? Uh, but I am thrilled to be on it as I learn more about eggs. But DJ, before we get into the meat of this episode, which is just going to be a nice close to the year and a beginning to 2024, I have a couple gripes that I want to get out of the way, grievances that I just want to get on the record so that we can move on to a new year uh, with a 
a lighter air. Is that all right with you? Let's hear your truth. Okay. First thing is calendar-based. It's um, the holidays of the last quarter, I think, they are way too close together. That is the thesis. That is the point. That's what I'm trying to say here. They're just way too close together. We have Halloween. Halloween has a decent on-rep. I know that you start celebrating Halloween in August, and I think that's fun. I think that's incredible. Me, personally, I, I... started getting my pumpkins. I started going to Halloween Horror Nights early September. I think that worked for me this year too. But I always feel sad when it's gone. So maybe that could uh, last beyond those three or, or two months or so there. But Halloween has a decent ramp up there. Thanksgiving. Here's where things get a little dicey. It's about three to four weeks after Halloween. And that's okay, but it could be better. Because I know Thanksgiving, there's usually some travel involved, people coming together, a great meal, giving thanks, all that sort of thing. Uh, some good football sometimes. I mean, it's the Lions and the Cowboys always playing, so how good can it be? But it's a three to four week ramp up, and that's okay. I guess for Thanksgiving, that works for all intents and purposes here. Uh, but here's where things get even worse. They get twisted downright wrong. Less than a month after the high watermark of Thanksgiving, uh, a lot of people, if they celebrate it, they have Christmas Eve, Christmas, there's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year's Eve, and New Year's all in that period or around there. I know the calendars sometimes change and shift there, but they're usually all around that time of year. And it's no wonder people get stressed trying to pull all of this off while uh, doing the rest of their lives at the same time. And, and here's what's worse, DJ. The doldrums of January and February, right after all these holidays, they are comparatively blank. They are cold and dark. Sure, there's playoff football on two days of the week, but that's it. It's just dark. The People take the lights down, but it's still just as dark in the evenings. And I know, I know that we can't move all these occasions out due to important factors like big calendars and Mayans and things like that. But here's the thing. There is one holiday that we can move if we really put our mind to it, DJ. So hear me out. New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I think we need to move those. Because, you know, the week between Christmas and New Year's, it's when we're recording this. If you were to ask me what day of the week it was, I could not tell you. Hmm. Today is, I'm going to have to look at my phone, it's Friday. But it just, it's a a no man's land between Christmas and New Year's for a lot of people. And, And sure, that's great sometimes, but... I think a lot of us need to be tethered to reality uh, more than than what we get during this week here, too. So here's what I propose. Uh, I hope you don't think it's radical or anything, but we can move New Year's at least a month out. At least a month. Maybe the end of January. I think that would be pretty neat. Uh, And suddenly, January would be filled with all sorts of joy and anticipation. February... When we go into the new year then, it's already the shortest month, so it doesn't matter as much if there's less fun to be had in February because it's a short month anyway. Uh, When we get to March, things start to bloom a little bit, start to warm up, the days get a little longer. Um, but so that's what I propose. We got to move out New Year's so that we'll have all the holidays in December and in January that we have. New Year's, that's going to be spaced out a little bit. So when people say the holidays, we're going to stratify it a little bit. Uh, Of course, we're going to have Labor Day and Halloween. They're going to be in there at their same pace, but we're just going to move out the back a little bit uh, and move New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh, out to the end of January. On these uh, days between Christmas and New Year's Eve, 
if you have if you don't have to go to work, are you someone who I'm going to stay in my house the whole time? I saw somebody um, on social media say they've not left their house in five days and it feels great. Like that wouldn't be me. That can't be me. Yeah, that that couldn't be me, especially right now. I'm trying to get out there and, and move and live and all that sort of thing. So I definitely have been out and about this week here, too. There's been uh, travel for family, all that sort of things. But in addition to that, I've gone out. Uh, like I saw Beetlejuice musical. The tour came to town again. So I saw that, had a good time. Um, I I am working some of these days as well. So if I wasn't working... Uh, I don't think I would just sort of sit there. I mean, I did a lot of cleaning today as well, getting ready for the new year with a, a clean, refreshed apartment. The, the furniture has been moved, all that sort of thing. Uh, so I, I definitely don't think I could just sort of vegetate for this week between Christmas and New Year's. I see the week as kind of a loose ends week where, um, you know, what are some things that I want to clean up or get done before literally the year ends? And so if you move New Year's Day, you've now given me 30 plus days um, in order to do that. There's something about knowing, okay, the year's over in six days. I got to I got to do this thing I've been putting off or I got to fix this at the house or I got to go and clean this or else it'll be a whole year went by before I did it. Now, here, here's where the accountants are going to be in favor of this. They're going to lift me up <laughs> like I just won a championship. If I is. move out New Year's Day out a month, that gives them more time around the other holidays to just be and just exist and have a good time. Because right now I know it's a stressful time closing up these accounts, making sure all the invoices have been received and sent and that something. So the books are in as good as a place they can be at year's end. And that's rough when it's a week after Christmas, literally a week after Christmas that uh, this deadline is for a lot of people. So I think that's another major thing in there, too. If we separated a little more, we could appreciate everything a little better as well. Uh, so I guess long story short, this is something that I want to happen. Uh, please write in to, I don't know who you'd write to. I don't know who controls the calendar. Is I, I think it would be Congress because they said they were going to change daylight savings. So if they have that ability. Yeah, but they haven't. I think it would be your local representative. Will. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm going to put this on my list of time changes that we need to make right below abolishing daylight savings time, because that is also something that we need to do. Correct. I do not look forward to the spring, mainly for that reason. Well, I mean, we Go to daylight savings time all year round, and we no, abolish. No, 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 no. That's time. not abolishing it. That's opening it in open arms. If you want to abolish it, which is the the right thing to do, we don't ever spring forward. We stay like this, baby. Okay. Well, here's my trouble. I want late sunlight. That's what I want all the time. So uh, we'll have this conversation another time. But that is another change that needs to happen. I'm not getting on the soapbox because I know we have a hard out coming up soon. But that is something that uh, it needs to happen as well. In addition to moving out the uh, calendar start of the year to the end of January, uh, it's it just needs to happen. So, dear listener, if you can do what you do and and make it happen somehow, I'd certainly appreciate it. But DJ. Another gripe of mine that I just want to quickly get to before we get to uh, how we're going to close up the year is another, uh, I'm not going to call it a complaint, but a criticism. Who 
is making all of these diabolical Grinch costumes, and why have they permeated regular life in 2023? I see what you did there. You said who. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean that, but I'll take the credit for it. There you go. Because I know that The Grinch is a long-loved book. It's an animated movie. It's a live-action movie. And then it was an animated movie again. And now I think it's in a Wells Fargo commercial or something. But why have... All of a sudden, it feels like we have reached critical mass and made him an icon of the season now. Illumination Entertainment, you can thank for that. Uh, really? That yeah, they... because the new the new animated version is them. Yes, but this is this I think goes beyond the animated film. This is people. Now I will give Universal the credit they they've had Grinchmas forever. It seems like so they've been riding this wave of popularity. I've seen how long the lines get for the Grinch. I've seen the famous video of somebody handing him an onion and he loved it or something. But yeah, like I, I'd see these videos online of just debauchery happening in the name of the Grinch. I mean, we've reached I think this I'd see critical more Grinches mass. than more Santas. <laughs> It's crazy, and the Grinch is wearing a Santa hat, they're wearing a red coat and everything, but then this disgusting green mask that is not licensed appropriately. I doubt it's licensed because I don't think they'd license such a poor representation (laughs) of the brand there. But I don't feel that the the madness that is being done. Like I remember seeing a video of the, the kids opening this door and somebody busting through in a Grinch costume, stealing the tree, ripping it out of the wall socket and leaving. I mean, there's, what's the point of that? There's nothing. I, now I'm all for a, a, a friendly, clean prank, but there's nothing worse to me than scaring your children to traumatize them. You might say, oh, it's me in a costume. It's like that'll stick with them for a long time. And there's the one of the Grinch some guy coming in dressed as the Grinch, literally stealing their presence, and they start trying to fight him. It's like, what What good does this do for your kid? Like, what lesson are you trying to instill upon them? Yeah, it's not good. And I feel that all this, it's not in the spirit of the Grinch. It's not employing this iconography with a true heart. Because I see someone dressed as a Grinch, and they're usually doing something foolish. It's an excuse for them to wear a mask and and be wild and make it in a video on social media. But that's not what the Grinch was about. His heart grew nine sizes, and he learned to love Christmas and the Who's. But these Grinch imposters, they just want to be agents of chaos and debauchery, which have their place, but it's not this place here. Uh, and I think they would be better suited dressing as maybe gritty of the Philadelphia Flyers. That is the characterization that they're giving is they're essentially gritty. And I love gritty. I think that gritty has done a lot for characters and costumes and things like that, but it's not the Grinch. So I think that we had a, a fun time in 2023, but we pushed the Grinch a little too hard and it's time to dial it back so that we can keep the Grinch true to the story and keep it a story of someone who learns to love because at the end of the day that's what it is and i think that's beautiful yeah i uh i don't know why it's like you said it is what it is now it it wasn't that important to me growing up and it still isn't so I, i don't get it maybe some people just really connected with jim carrey yeah, I mean, I don't blame my, I remember loving that movie. It's one of the earliest movies that I remember seeing in the theaters. And I was like, wow, this is something. Yeah. Jim Carrey, I guess. I didn't and know who all, Jim Carrey was at the time. But. It's shot in that dull soap opera, filtery, 
I saw a TikTok about some where someone color corrected the movie and it looks totally different. I'm like, okay, this looks good now. Better? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean you could then get in the whole argument and it's like, oh well they intentionally shot it that way because I mean, yeah, that's how they start that's how they shot Star Trek in the nineties. A lot of things in the nineties had that haze over it for whatever reason. Uh, I'm nostalgic for it, unfortunately, but that's how it was. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna send you one more TikTok. A guy ranked every single iteration of the Christmas Carol ever made, and he did his top twenty, formulaic, went through it, said why. Very interesting. Now hold on, did he wait no tell me where did my high school production rank in this? <laughs> I uh, believe list? it was in the top seventy. Okay, good. Because I played five different characters in that production. <laughs> uh, it was something else. I think it was the narrator. I was Fezziwig. I was a looter. I was someone at a party. Uh, and the best thing was I employed a different version of a British accent for each different character. <laughs> yes, one was more Cornish. One was Cockney. One was British received pronunciation. I put way too much effort into it there, but <laughs> it was fun being extra like that and being these different characters all at the same time. Uh, but DJ, let's get into the meat of the episode here. Uh, dear listener, if you're new to Corkscrew Convos, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. We're glad you're here. Uh, so take a look around, take a listen, and we hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, just a quick mention as well. We have our new store here, and we've even seen a, a photo of one of the products out there in the wild now. We've seen the top hat, which of course is not a top hat, but it is a knit cap that has a little pom-pom at the top. Uh, with the corkscrew convos word mark on the front and the embroidery turned out beautifully i was very impressed to see how that turned out so dear listen if you're curious the store is at corkscrewconvos.creator-spring.com or just find the link on our link tree on social media it'll take you right there so you can see both our quote-unquote top hat and the other products that we have up there now uh, but dj let's get right into it here for the past two years we have closed out the year with a little bit of poetry on the podcast feed. A little, um, shall we say, a palate cleanser as people enter the new year? Yeah, we like to leave you thinking. We like to make you uh, maybe just take some time, slow down, and, and really ponder on these certain words, the meaning behind them. Yes, well, while you sip on your eggnog and you listen to the podcast mm, while staring right contently. Oh, you actually have the it's eggnog. Literally That's eggnog incredible. In, the, in the cup, yep. Oh, wow. And you stare contently into the fire, in the fireplace, hopefully. Uh, it's uh, something to lift your spirits as we head into the new year. So we gathered a couple poems here that we're going to share with you because they mean something to us. So maybe it'll mean something to you. Yeah. Uh, maybe you enjoy it. We'll enjoy sharing it with you definitely either way. Uh, so let's get right into it, DJ. I have a couple here. Why don't I start out and then you pitch cleanup? Okay, let's do it. The first one is Winter by Walter de la Mer. I think last year or so, I did a lot of Robert Frost naturally because of the time of the year. Uh, but I, I wanted to go in a, a different direction here. Still have the winter vibes, definitely, but not do Robert Frost. Because I feel like I did a lot of Robert Frost in the past. And dear listener, if you're curious, please go back to those episodes. It was a fun time sharing that poetry with you as well. Uh, but here we have Winter by Walter de la Mer. Clouded with snow, the cold winds blow, and shrill on leafless bough, the robin with its burning breast alone sings now. 
the rayless sun, day's journey done, shed its last ebbing light on fields in leagues of beauty spread unearthly white. Thick draws the dark, and spark by spark the frost fires kindle, and soon over that sea of frozen foam floats the white moon. Mm. It's, it's beautiful how people find ways mm. to characterize winter. Mm-hmm. And it always yeah. feels like it's fresh. It's different. So I enjoy seeing poems like that. Yeah, the visuals are really good. Now, DJ, let me give you one more here, and then I'll turn it over to you. Then I'll yield the remainder of my time, so to speak. Uh, this is a poem by Charles Bukowski, which he may not be everyone's cup of tea. There are certainly poems out there that I, I might not recommend everybody read because it can be a little out there, a little different. Uh, but then there are some poems that are simultaneously very contemplative. And I think Nirvana here is one of them by Charles Bukowski. Not much chance cut completely loose from purpose. He was a young man riding a bus through North Carolina on the way to somewhere, and it began to snow, and the bus stopped at a little cafe in the hills, and the passengers entered. He sat at the counter with the others. He ordered, and the food arrived. The meal was particularly good, and the coffee. The waitress was unlike the women he had known. She was unaffected. There was a natural humor which came from her. The fry cook said crazy things. The dishwasher in back laughed a good, clean, pleasant laugh. The young man watched the snow through the windows. He wanted to stay in that cafe forever. The curious feeling swam through him that everything was beautiful there, that it would always stay beautiful there. Then the bus driver told the passengers that it was time to board. The young man thought, I'll just sit here. I'll just stay here. But then he rose and followed the others into the bus. He found his seat and looked at that cafe through the bus window. Then the bus moved off, down a curve, downward, out of the hills. The young man looked straight forward. He heard the other passengers speaking of other things, or they were reading or attempting to sleep. They had not noticed the magic. The young man put his head to one side, closed his eyes, pretended to sleep. There was nothing else to do. Just listen to the sound of the engine, the sound of the tires in the snow. Mm. And there it is. Really painted a picture for <laughs> I you. I feel there, like so. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's incredible to, wow. to see how these words can transport us to somewhere where we've never been, and yet it feels familiar. So yeah. that's why I wanted to share that poem with you, DJ, and with the dear listener as well. Yeah, I felt like I had been in a similar moment, <laughs> in a similar place. Definitely. So, DJ, those were the poems that I picked out here, wanted to share with you. Uh, I now yield the remainder of my time to you, that you may bring us a little bit of poetic goodness. Okay, I've picked two poems as well. The first one is going to be on the nerdy side. Um, Confession, it's from my favorite video game series ever of all time. It's a game series called Kingdom Hearts. Um, It's from one of the uh, art directors, uh, I think he's now like really high up in this company, but um, of Final Fantasy. And the story goes that 
that uh, in Japan, the company Squaresoft at the time, now Square Enix, shared uh, a building with Disney, got on an elevator with a Disney executive, and he had this idea in his mind, and pitched him this whole game in that elevator ride to fuse Final Fantasy ideas and gameplay with Disney. So um, the protagonist of the game, this is spoilers if you ever play it, it's the second game, protagonist of the game is with his best friend. Um, they've lost their third best friend, who is a girl. Uh, so the two boys are on this beach, basically in limbo, and a, a bottle comes through, a letter in a bottle. Uh, his friend picks it up, looks at it for a few seconds, and looks at him and says, this is for you. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, his name is Sora, which in Japanese means sky. So you just gotta, you gotta know that. So this is from their friend Kyrie. This is Kyrie's letter. Thinking of you wherever you are, we pray for our sorrows to end and hope that our hearts will blend. Now I will step forward to realize this wish. And who knows, starting a new journey may not be so hard, or maybe it has already begun. There are many worlds, but they share the same sky. One sky, one destiny. It's quick. There it is. Go play the game. It begins. Mm, That's awesome. And the last one is from Langston Hughes, um, writer of really during the Harlem Renaissance, maybe the most important during that. Um, This is very short, too, but this is called Dreams. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. I think that's a great way to end it, DJ. A concise poem, but again, it takes us there. It evokes things that are good to think about, holding on to dreams. It's a type of poem. Someone reads it to you in a room. Everyone's quiet. And then someone says, read, read that again. Yeah, read it again. Hold fast to dreams. For if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams. For when dreams go... Life is a barren field frozen with snow. Well, here's to continuing to dream in 2024, DJ. I think that's a great way to look at it in the new year. I know that it's just the next day, the sun coming up again, but uh, now here I am getting a little sentimental, but I know uh, New Year's resolutions may not be my thing, but it is fun to think about how... A new year is going to be an entirely different or at least additional set of experiences and life and memories. And here it is for us. So I think that's fun. And in the meantime of the new year coming uh, very soon, uh, remember there are ways you can have a corkscrew conversation with us, whether in poem or in prose. Uh, You can email us at corkscrewconvos at gmail.com, or you can find us on all the major social media platforms. That's X, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. There's a reason to follow us on all of these different social media platforms. And if you can, it's free to do. Please give us a five-star review on Apple. Greatly helps us out. The same on Spotify. Really a free way to help us out. And on your uh, program, if you're able to, on the platform, follow us as well. But until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. 